Good morning, Springbrook. It's so good to see you guys. We have a leadership gathering after the second service, so it looks like our leaders decided to all go to the 11 o'clock service. But I'm so glad you're here. But what a great way to start out the new year by celebrating who God is on Sunday morning. This is actually a spiritual discipline in terms of growing the Christian life is being with God's people on a weekly basis to help him, or help us, that is, become closer to him. Well, today I want to introduce you to a lovable sheep. And his name is Shrek. <laughs> I should love that picture. <laughs> now, Shrek lives in New Zealand, and somehow he got away from his owner, and he was on his own, living in caves, doing I don't know what, for six years. Six years. And, you know, typically they, they share an animal once a year. Well, he's got six years of wool on him. <laughs> yeah, this was back in 2004 when I ran, a, ran across it. Here's another picture of Shrek. It just really is amazing to see that. So, what did they do? Well, they sheared Shrek. <laughs> they sheared him for the first time in six years, and Shrek is doing better. Uh, that's good to hear. <laughs> you know, sometimes we, as Christ followers, uh, need to be sheared. When you think about the Christian walk, it's a lifetime, right? You come to the Lord, you came to the Lord early in life. It's a lifetime, and therefore, you, you know, your life goes like this, hopefully like this, but not really. <laughs> it goes like that. And it's so often to wander from God. I mean, you still might be engaged in the church and going to a small group, but you're not really committed to living for the Lord. Jesus Christ is not Lord of your life. And it's kind of like your wool is just growing and growing and growing. Maybe our hair would grow uh, that long. I don't know uh, for spiritual analogy. Uh, but we need to be sheared many times in our lives. And God will bring consequences into our lives if we refuse to walk with Him. And so today we're going to be talking about a very powerful spiritual discipline called fasting. It's one of the spiritual disciplines is along with your tag time, spending time uh, with God, giving is a spiritual discipline, uh, silence before God is a spiritual a discipline. And so we're going to talk about fasting, prayer and fasting. And we're going to seek a spiritual breakthrough in our lives and in the life of our church Fasting is mentioned uh, throughout Scripture. This is uh, Moses. And Moses, you know how fed up he was with the people of Israel. How foolish they were. How rebellious they were. So he went up to see God. And said, so Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. 40-day fast. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. 
When you think about the beginning of the law, the core of the law, with the Ten Commandments, that's pretty important. What we see in Scripture when important things happen, many times there's fasting involved. Oh, we think of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was one of the kings of Judah, and he was told that a great multitude is coming against you for Medim from beyond the sea. We go on, then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Yeah, Jehoshaphat should be afraid. It's like we're afraid of North Korea, right? Now, he had real fear there, and they were coming. Now, you think that he'd spend the time preparing, getting the troops ready. But what does he do? He proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Everybody in the land of Judah was to fast because we need to be protected by God. And what happened with that is that uh, he was protected by God. We look at David when he was really running from Saul. And the odd thing about it is that Saul was dying at this point. And David is mourning over him, even though Saul had tried to kill David so many times. He had such a commitment to the Lord and to the king, whoever it might be. But I, when they were sick, I wore sackcloth. I afflicted myself with fasting, and I prayed with head bowed on my chest. So when they fasted, typically wore sackcloth, the cheapest thing you could wear, and not very dressy. And also they put ashes uh, on. And they were praying for a spiritual breakthrough. And David knew this was a very critical time because when Saul died, that meant that he would be the king. So he was preparing his mind for this big, big change that was coming his way. Or we look at Ezra. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God, to seek from Him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, and all our goods. Now, the context of the situation is this is the first group of Jews to move to Israel out of the Babylonian exile. This is a very significant group. And Ezra had told the kings at that time, like Darius, he said, we don't need a military escort because God will protect us. Now, that just sounded really stupid because if you're traveling through all those different lands, there's no doubt about it that somebody is going to mess with you and bad things are going to happen. But he said, we'll trust in God. So Ezra realized he had said that and he said, okay, we've got to make sure that we're protected as we move through the desert. That I proclaimed to fast there at the river Havah, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from Him a safe journey for ourselves, our our children, and our goods. So he had the people fast in order that they would be supernaturally protected. I mean, this was a miracle that he was praying for in that day. And God delivered. So we see over time over time when we see people going to fast over an issue, God shows up in a special way. We look at uh, Jesus Christ. 
In Matthew 4, you remember the fast that he went on? And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. It's <laughs> kind of an understatement. <laughs> 40 days and 40 nights, yeah, he got hungry finally. Well, our Lord fasted. Now, it's interesting that we're not commanded to fast in the Bible. We're not commanded to do that, but we know that it's a spiritual discipline and that it was used by people throughout the Bible, both Old Old Testament and New. So, yeah, it's something. If we want to see a spiritual breakthrough in our lives, we can fast. And that kind of like supercharges our prayers, puts them in high gear. Because what we're saying to God when we fast is, God, I'm going to sacrifice this food, this food and water. There are other ways you can fast we'll talk about in a moment. But I'm going to sacrifice this so I might be more in tune with you. Because again, if you again sacrifice food for a day or seven days or 21 days, uh, you are going to be more in tune with your body. And you're going to be more in tune with God. Now, the point of fasting is not just abstaining from something, but it's replacing it. So the time that you would normally give to, for example, eating, would be given to God. You'd spend that extra time with God. That's the whole purpose of fasting, to bring you closer in your relationship to Jesus Christ. Now, fasting doesn't work really well for me because I eat so fast. <laughs> Roll a berries and bread in the morning, maybe five minutes. I take a lean pocket. Many people joke me about that, but uh, <laughs> trying to stay in shape. <laughs> but uh, that's what I do every day. And then probably if I sit down with Lori, I'll be there for a while. But usually I'm going fast. My point is, is that you have to pick something that you spend a lot of time on. And instead of doing that, you do fasting. You, you spend time with God. You reflect upon His Word. And, and every time, for example, if you're fasting food, you grow hungry, it reminds you of the fact that you are doing, having a special period in your life that's committed to the Lord. And usually there's some reason why you're fasting. Some reason why you're fasting. I mean, think about your life today. What's the greatest challenge that you have? What is it that you wake up every morning and pop, it's in your mind. You start to be anxious about it. Is it your finances? You're struggling with debt? Or maybe it's a, a health issue that's going on. I was just talking with Chris Kubaki, who uh, went through cancer last year. I said, how do you feel, man? He says, I feel normal. <laughs> Let's praise God for that, huh? Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah, we saw several people go through cancer last year, and they came out strong. Now, that's not always going to happen. But again, when we're having, let's say, a health issue, that's another time to fast in some way. Because, again, when you fast, you're getting God's attention. Now, God always is there and has our attention. But you're showing God, I am going to sacrifice something in my normal routine in order to focus on you 
in order to spend time with you. And I'm really excited about this because we're, I'm calling it a corporate fast for our church. 21 days. I won't give you a lot of details, but I think it's going to be a great experience for our church and uh, wonderful things will happen that God would do. So we see that Jesus went out and after 40 days and 40 nights, it's interesting. When you think about that, my personal opinion is that Jesus was strengthening himself for the temptation. That's what the issue was. And again, it could have been that he just started his ministry, but he was taking focused time to not eat or drink in order to focus on God as he started his ministry and, of course, as he was, knew he was going to have the situation uh, with Satan. Now, in Daniel, we see another type of fast. These uh, men had been chosen by the Babylonians, these Israelites, to be leaders. So they were sending them through a leadership course. And what they offered to them was Babylonian food. And that was not kosher <laughs> for Jews to eat. And so Daniel took a great risk and said, Hey, listen, test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. And that's it. And what happened? Of course, <laughs> Daniel and his friends came out looking really good <laughs> after ten days. Because God supernaturally, uh, again, put them in great shape after this. How many have been on a Daniel diet before? Huh? Anybody? That's one of the diets that are out there. We should just list all the diets. I, I can list quite a few. <laughs> but praying uh, for the Lord to change things. What is fasting? Fasting is deliberately abstaining from the normal routines of life for the purpose of spending focused time in prayer and the study of God's Word as we seek to align our lives with God's purposes. So that's in your notes, uh, in your program, in these verses as well. But fasting is deliberately, so you, you make a choice, I am going to fast for this period of time. And I'm going to fast in this particular way. Abstaining from the normal routines of life. So again, yes, food and drink uh, would be the most powerful type of fasting I think you could do. But you can fast from anything that's taking you away from your focus on God. The purpose of spending focused time in prayer and the study of God's Word. Again, it's not about abstaining. It's about abstaining and replacing the time with a focus on God. Really seeking God out. So, we go on and it says, align our lives with God's purposes. That's a beautiful thing that happens when you get serious about fasting is you ask God to realign your heart. To realign your heart so that out of the fasting, you will come out thinking more like God thinks and wanting more of what God wants. Well, we're going to give you a fasting devotional uh, today. hope everybody got this. And you can get this in a lot of different ways. For example, you can go to converge.org slash prayer. And you can download uh, the iBook uh, at that point or something that you can just print out uh, for yourself. There's also an Amazon Kindle version for $0.99. Cents, so you can go on Amazon and buy it there. 
or you can get the link that we're talking about here on our Springbrook app. Now, Gary Rohrmeyer is a good friend of mine, and he is a president of Converge Mid-America. That is the association that we're a part of that helped start this church, that invested $200,000 in this church, and also has helped us with loans and things like that. It's part of the larger Converge Worldwide family. 170 missionaries that we support as a, a family. And, and again, we have, we have, we've gotten so much uh, from Convergement America and from National Converge. But he again is the president, and he wrote this book, 21 Days of Prayer, and it is excellent. We can take a look at it right here. Let's do that. So we look at the beginning of it. And you'll see on page uh, page 8. Page 8. Okay? So he talks about how you're going to fast. You pick your fast. So what type of fast is it going to be? You can do a Daniel fast, uh, a partial fast. So, for example, you kind of have to test out and see what your body reacts to. And you want to be careful, of course, uh, in doing this that you don't take any... Uh, health or make any health decisions that would be bad for you. Uh, but again, you pick your fast. How long am I going to do? What am I going to do? Then you set goals and write them down. Why are you fasting? Do you need direction, healing, restoration of your marriage or resolution of family issues? Are you facing difficulties? Pray and ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Write these requests in a journal or a notebook or create a digital journal using your favorite note-taking program. And as you look through this, you'll see that there's a journal. So I'm going to challenge you all uh, to fast in some way over a 21-day period. And uh, again, decide what issue you want to deal with. I mean, maybe right now uh, you're struggling with a child, uh, whether it be a child in your home or an adult child. And it's just so maddening to deal with them because they don't really want anything to do with you and, and they're making bad decisions. Well, that's a wonderful time to fast in some way. So again, abstain from something and replace it with more of a focus on who God is. Or maybe you're going through a depression. Maybe life just isn't adding up and you're struggling and... A fasting would be good for you and say, oh, no, a fasting wouldn't be good for me. I can't even focus. Well, do what you can. Because no matter what you're struggling with, a family issue, a business issue, or other life issues, fasting is going to change you. You get that? Fasting is going to change you and me because we need the change. We need what God has to give us. So if you've been dealing with an issue for a long, long time, I would really encourage you to step out uh, in one of these fasting practices in order that you might really go to the Lord every day about this issue and say, God, teach me, show me what you want me to do. All kinds of fasts. You have food fasts, as I talked about, like the Daniel fast. I was talking to... Pastor Rich, and he said that uh, he went on a 40-day fast and he had one meal a day. So again, it's like you don't have to (laughs) stop eating per se, but you eat less in order to spend more time with God and be more in tune uh, with Him. 
Maybe it's a hobby uh, that you want to fast from. Something you really, really enjoy. Something that you spend a lot of time on. Okay? And take that time and spend time with God. And you say, I spend like five hours a week on that. How can I spend five hours on my time with God? Well, again... Uh, if you fill out the form, we'll send you other resources that can help you. We can read your Bible. Uh, you can do a lot of different things. And, again, you might not do it for five hours, but maybe one hour a day. Right? It's a great way to grow in your time alone with God. How about social media? Huh? How many people are into Facebook out there? Well, there's all different types of social media. And they can be so addicting. There's no doubt about that. We always have them on. We're always checking our phone for different things. What if you were just to stop going on Facebook or whatever type of social network that you are on and commit that time to getting to know God better, to reading the Bible, maybe reading a book on fasting or the resources that we might send you. Uh, Again, it's going to make a tremendous difference. Or how about uh, favorite television shows? You know, it's interesting how the world has changed, right? When I was young, you know, the Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz was, on, was on once during the year. <laughs> and if you missed it, you missed it. <laughs> so I would all, one of my favorite movies, that I always asking my mom and dad, and, and we had church at, at 6 o'clock typically on a Sunday night, and uh, I had to ask permission. <laughs> Can I stay home from church and watch The Wizard of Oz? And now, now we're just overloaded. Nothing's really special anymore because we can get too much of what we want with technology. So, what about favorite TV shows? Uh, there's a lot of good dramas that are on like TBS and HBO and that type of thing. And how many ever binge watched a show? Oh, yeah. Oh, you got to try it. <laughs> just ask people, what's a good show you think that I would enjoy. Usually ten parts to it. and Yeah, I've been to watch usually in the evenings. Uh, a lot of different shows. And of course, there are a lot of shows that are not, not healthy. Like Game of Thrones, that's not a healthy show to watch. That's raising up the uh, culture of the world and uh, just not an appropriate place for a Christian to be watching. But there are other shows of course that you can binge watch. Well, again, it's kind of like fasting, right? You want to spend more time with God. And what about sports, guys? Huh? What about sports? Maybe every day on your commute, you listen to sports radio. What if you stop listening to sports radio for seven days or 14 days or 21 days? What if you gave up a certain sport? Now, those of you who watch the Bears this year. Give me a break. You might as well be fasting and spending time with God. I mean, it was very, very discouraging. So maybe you're going to fast from your favorite team. You see, this is where you ask the Holy Spirit to guide your mind. Say, okay, God, where do you want me to fast? What would be the most effective? What do I spend the most time on? And then choose that as the Holy Spirit directs you. So we see in this book, devotional, Pick your fast, set goals, and write them down. Fasting on the Word of God, uh, yeah, in terms of spending time with God, and expect God to move.
We've got to expect God to move, to make a difference. And again, it's not necessarily going to change the circumstances. It's going to change who you are as a person and how you deal with whatever situation or crisis that is going on in your life. And this is a discipline that has to be practiced over and over again because we look at it and say, well, I can hardly spend five minutes with God. How can I spend an hour with God once a day or half hour, half hour a day with God instead of doing something else? Well, again, there's great resources that you can uh, learn about, books you can read. Of course, the Bible is the most important book uh, to read. But you can fill that time just by reading the Bible. That's it. Just read the Bible for a half hour or, or 60 minutes and ask for God to speak to you through the Bible. What is fasting? Well, true fasting involves humbly seeking God's favor. Let's look at this parable in Luke 18 about the Pharisee and the tax collector. It says, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Now, back in that day, Pharisees were the religious teachers. They were the ones who followed the law to the letter as well as even made up more laws so they could follow them. But their hearts weren't turned toward God. All they wanted was the attention from the people and the prestige of being a Pharisee. Now, tax collector, the Zacchaeus was a wee little man. <laughs> Zacchaeus. Everybody hated Zacchaeus because he was given the job and wanted the job of taxing everybody in his area. And he could charge whatever amount he wanted. So people just, there's so much hate against tax collectors, which is interesting about Matthew, that he became a disciple, right? God changed his life for somebody who wants, is filled with greed, filled with greed about things, to someone who's focused on Jesus Christ. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. So I can imagine he was saying this out loud to the tax collectors right there, you know. And he's saying, I'm glad I'm not like you. Because you are a poor choice for a person who loves God. Everything you do is you steal from people. And I'm not like that. I don't steal from people. I follow all the laws. What was the problem, though? Is that he was putting all his confidence in legalism, following laws, to get loved by God, and he thought he was great. There was no sense of pride in him at all. What did he say? I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. I'm a tither, right? But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Again, the tax collector didn't think that God would help him, that God loved him. I mean, he thought that God was against him. But at the same time, he knew he, knew he needed to do something. So he beat his breast, just a, a sign of humility, and said, God, be merciful to me, 
a sinner. Now, how was he different from the Pharisee? Well, he's different from the Pharisee because he was humble. Jesus Christ says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. That's the key thing to fasting. is You have to come to God in humility. <laughs> when you're around a braggart, you know, somebody who's always talking about themselves and what they've done and trying to lift themselves up, isn't that just sick? <laughs> you get so tired of it, like, well, who do you think you are? What's going on with you, right? But you know what? Many of us say, well, I'm not arrogant. But you can be arrogant on the inside, right? You can be a quiet person or even an ongoing person. And you can look like you're humble in the things that you do, but inside you have a very, very strong sense of pride. That you are the one who makes it happen. You are the one that controls life. You don't really need God. You'll pray to Him and do other things uh, to show Him and show people that uh, they think that you're something special. But we have to drop that. We have to drop the pride and humbly come before God and say, God, my life is a mess. This is not what I planned at all. And I've made bad decisions and I don't know what to do now. That's basically what the tax collector was saying. In humility, you come to God. If you need some humbling, talk to your wife or husband. They'll help you. (laughs) Or to your kids. They'll give you the true story of who you really are. Right? Yeah. We need to humble ourselves before God. The second thing is true fasting is seeking God's desire beyond my own. So we have a desire that we can bring closure to some issue in our life. Some relationship. But again... When fasting happens, what happens is that your heart changes and you seek God out. And what He wants is more important than what you want. Let's look at the prophet Zechariah. He was a prophet who led the people back from Babylon Babylon, to the homeland. There were like three different trips. And he was a leader on the first trip. So they went back to rebuild the temple. It took quite a long time, but he was the first one. Haggai and Zechariah uh, doing that, or Ezra, that is. So in the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, saying, To the priest of the house of the Lord of hosts and the prophets, should I weep and abstain in the fifth month as I have done for so many years? What are they talking about? Well, There was one day that God told people that they should fast, and that was on the Day of Atonement, the high holy day when the sacrifice was made for all the people of Israel. But what they would do sometimes is they would establish national holidays that also they would fast on. In this situation, when they were, excuse me, when they were taken out of Jerusalem into exile, that particular day that that happened, they remembered every year. The exile was 70 years 
long. And they would fast on a, a particular day, remembering what happened. And they did that for 70 years while they were in exile. So the priests are coming and saying, hey, listen, since we're rebuilding the temple, do we still have to fast on this one day? That's their question. They're interested. And the word of the Lord of hosts came to me. Say to all the people of the land and the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth month and in the seventh for those 70 years, was it for you or was it for me? That you fasted? And when you eat and when you drink, do you not eat for yourselves and drink for yourselves? What is God saying? You guys have been doing this ritual for 70 years, but you're just doing the ritual. It's not like fasting. Fasting can help you with your health, but if you fast from food, what happens over a period of time is it's not going to have any spiritual impact unless you replace it with time with God. So you have to have fasting and prayer. They go together. Now, you can pray without fasting, but again, fasting is something that always involves prayer and connecting with God. And so God is saying, hey, listen, you're wondering about stopping fasting on this particular day that you decided, but really, were you doing it for me anyway? Or was it just just an empty ritual? That happens many times in our spiritual lives and really get excited about something and God begins to move within us and we start to be more regular in our time with God and we go to more during the day and there's an excitement. But at time, it just becomes ritual. I mean, think of communion, right? We just celebrated communion this morning. That can be a ritual. That can just go on through the motions. Not thinking about Christ, not thinking about yourself and how you need to grow as a Christian. Not thanking God, but saying, okay, I'll go through this and... That's an empty ritual. God hates empty rituals. Don't even do it at all. Just let the cup pass. Now, we're many different places as we celebrate communion over the years. Uh, but it's so important that if we're in sin and our relationship with God is, is not going well, that we let it pass. That's what the Bible says. Let it pass. And get your life in order. And then come back and celebrate it. Fasting is not about changing God. It's not a mystical process in gaining God's approval. Fasting is not about changing my world, but letting God realign my heart toward His purposes. That's what we've talked about, right? It's not about changing God or gaining God's approval. It's not about changing your world or your situation, but realign my heart toward His purposes. The thing about fasting is true fasting involves obedience to God. So go back to Zechariah. God says, Were not these the words that the Lord proclaimed by the former prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited and prosperous with their cities around her and the south and the lowland were inhabited? So he's saying, You fasted back in that day. And again, what's happened over the years has become an empty ritual. And Samuel said, Talking about Samuel speaking to Saul after he had sinned. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as has the Lord at great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. So Saul went ahead and, and made a sacrifice, which he wasn't supposed to do unless uh, the prophet was there. 
And so he says, listen, to obey is better to sacrifice. To obey God is better than going through a ritual like communion or coming to a service. He wants to see obedience on a daily basis. He wants to see a pattern of obedience. Because we can often do rituals and just go through them and not make the connection and not uh, aren't encouraged at all uh, spiritually. You know, uh, what I want to do is I want to call our church to a spiritual fast for 21 days. And there's a lot of ways you can do it. And the reason is, is because we need God here at Springbrook. We need to move, have God move in a special way. A lot of great things have happened in the last year. We talked about how Springbrook was going through a normal type of organizational type of change. Uh, and we needed another chapter. We needed to be revived. <laughs> we needed to see God in a new way. And that came through our disciple-driven initiative. Thank you so much for participating in that. And out of that was birthed by God our new focus on discipleship. Our new focus on triads. Three or four people getting together on a weekly basis to go deeper with God. A different dynamic than a small group. And so we have small groups and we have triads that meet. Increased spiritual growth. I tell you, as I reflect in the last several years, I've grown more spiritually probably than I have in all my life. I mean, especially the discipleship emphasis. I wasn't doing that regularly, spending time with men uh, and training them, discipling them. And I've now had three different groups that I've been part of over the last uh, three years. Uh, some we met six months, some we met a year. But again, I'm committed to discipling, whether it be in a longsighter triad or whether it be from the platform encouraging us to take the next step. And new friends, if you've come to Springbrook in the last three years, we are so excited to have you. Because friends go and move away. and It's great to have God bringing new people to help us in this mission for the Lord. Again, this is what we came up. This is our pathway, our spiritual pathway. And again, we have such intentionality with starting point and the different workshops that we have that are, represent this pathway. We're throwing a lot of energy. In fact, we just hired uh, Penny Jerzak to help us uh, with all the administration of these particular classes and workshops. And it just has been so exciting to go through. But you know what? We've been working on the budget as elders and thinking about the future and God has always provided for us. It's amazing how God has provided for our church. At the same time, uh, we still need to cut the budget, which we did, and that will be voted on in February. Uh, but we really need God to show up in a special way this year at Springbrook. If we want to thrive, which again, God, God's been setting the foundation with like new staff and our discipleship pathway. I mean, we, we are a wonderful church. You know that? You guys are great. <laughs> you guys are great. But we need to, again, engage more in the mission and seeing more people come. It's interesting when, when people come, uh, usually the statistics are one out of ten people 
will stay. One out of ten. That's very average. And most churches don't even have that. We have two out of ten. And that is outstanding. That is something to praise God about. Laura Schweber is doing such a great job as our connection person. We, we really engage with people. The challenge is we don't have enough people coming through the doors. Right? So it's great if your assimilation is like at 20% in terms of the people that stay, the new people. But if you don't have enough people coming through the door, you're still going to be spinning your wheels to some degree in regards to moving forward to accomplish what God wants. So I'm calling for a spiritual fast, for spiritual breakthrough. An outreach. We're going to be fasting that the Lord would inspire us to come up with new ideas for outreach. And that we as individuals would commit ourselves to reaching people for Jesus Christ and having gospel relationships with people. We want to see more faith commitments. I think we had around 40, uh, a lot of children. And that was awesome. But we want to see more people come to Christ. And we want to see spiritual growth in people, just like we have over the years. But we want people who are really ready to be committed to Jesus Christ. And we want to help that flourish and, and through our triads. But again, we need more people. We need to reach more people for Jesus Christ. We need family ownership. Family ownership is, is the idea of those who are attending, that they commit themselves to this church through membership, and they say, I'm in. And I'm going to give everything I have this year. Because I want God to do something special. And then generosity, we'll be talking about that next week. That's another area. Just not with money, but with whoever, all the things that you are, in terms of your time and your, your energy and your skills, to be generous with people. So, I want to welcome you to this fast. Uh, again, if you have the devotional, you can keep that. But if you're going to put it on a Kindle, uh, you'll, there, it will be on the app uh, where the link is to uh, the print, where you can print the book. Or you can get the Kindle on Amazon, and uh, there's different resources out there. So again, I want to encourage you, if, if you're not going to use the devotional, leave that here for the next uh, service, uh, because you say, well, I'll download it on Kindle, or I'll just print it out, that type of thing, uh, or I'll put it in you know, my, my organizer, however you might do it. It's just a great devotional that helps us grow in this area of fasting. I am just so excited to see what God is going to do. Uh, you see a, another insert in your bulletin that talks about our prayer gathering. We're going to be gathering on January 20th, January 20th, two weeks, on a Saturday from 6 to 9. And we're going to have four prayer meetings at 6 and 7 and 8 and 9 to 10. And we want you to be there. We want you to come out and cry out to God that God would visit us in a special way, that God would give us a spiritual breakthrough this year at Springbrook. Because again, we need Him. As we always do. Choose the type of fast you want to engage in and set prayer and fasting goals. Will you join me? What I'd like you to do is to take the insert out. I believe it's uh, the green insert. Not the message insert, but it says prayer gathering and prayer requests on the back. And if you're willing to take this step, and again, you know the way I think about it, I'm going to experiment with fasting. 
I'm going to do different things in my fast for this three days, fast for something. The idea is you just continue to practice fasting in some way. And you really have to learn. It's a skill you have to learn. It's a spiritual discipline. So if you could write your name down and write your email as well, that's not listed, but write your name down and say, I want to go on this journey with the people of Springbrook. And I want to fast. And if you could put that in the offering, we'd appreciate that so much. And put your email down because we want to, again, send some resources. We're not going to overload you. <laughs> but at the same time, send you some encouragement so we can remain uh, excited and engaged. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this family. It means so much to me. Thank you so much for how you've moved in our family, have, have brought wonderful changes to us. But Lord, we're asking for something special this year, a spiritual breakthrough. We want to really reach people for Jesus Christ more than we did last year. We want to see you show up and say, wow, now that was a miracle. That's what we're asking for, Lord. We wait on you in Christ's name. Amen.